All right, we don't have to really waste a whole lot of time today talking about things that don't matter. Let's just cut right to the chase, and we know what the chase is. And unfortunately, today is the realization that this team is not what we thought they were. This program is not where we thought that they would be after five games of the Brent Venables era. This is a day of realization of where it's really, really unfortunate what you saw today. Uh, you saw a football team that just could not, cannot create any momentum whatsoever. Um, it's a football team at this point that's not very good defensively. It's got some issues offensively. And, you know, you thought that you might see a team come out in the second half and, and play a lot better, but that wasn't the case either. I don't know if this team does well at this point, but we'll talk about it throughout the course of the next two hours. And, of course, your phone calls are welcome as well, 405 Three two nine nine thousand. Give us a call there. And um, Travis, I know you're live in Fort Worth. You got to witness that one firsthand. That was um, that was a dose of reality. I think is what that was today. That's that's what we got this afternoon. Yeah, I'm live here at Reservoir uh, down here at West Seventh, uh, and uh, we got some Sooner fans in the house still watching some of the other games. Uh, um, yeah, it, it was bad. I mean, I haven't seen a team that. What, what's sad is. I haven't seen a team that outmatched since probably LSU. And I know his numbers are great, and I know he's got some big old receivers, but Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Joe Burrow were not on that field. So we got pushed around, bullied, outcoached by, I mean, by a lot of guys that, you know, may or may not you know, start for us. And that's frustrating. Their wide receivers we knew would be incredible. They they bullied us early. It was uh, definitely a mismatch they took advantage of, um, you know, flag after flag on the infer- interferences, and then guys just running wide open uh, down the middle of the field, only to add insult to injury, I guess no pun intended. But, I mean, who, who healthy do you have in your starting lineup next week? Nobody. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's, it was, it's not only did you get beat 55-24 today. I, I just don't know, how do you get off the mat after today? You, you know, I, and maybe this team has some resolve that we haven't seen the, the past two weeks. I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to be really any sort of optimistic about anything moving forward. They got beat up physically both on the field and with injuries, a really unfortunate injury to DeMond Harmon. They just don't look like a good football team right now. I, they, they, I, I, and I fall into this camp. And a lot of us thought that, well, Brent Venables was going to come in immediately, and we were thinking things, things uh, drastically changed from day one, and this team was going to go to the college football playoff, and all was uh, It's not the case. This team's really, really far off right now. It's really far off. And I know there were some drastic comments made last week about, well, seven and five could be in the cards. And I'll be honest with you, a week ago, even though that loss to Kansas State was really bad, I had a hard time believing that seven and five was a realistic scenario. But after watching the past two weeks and the fact that they haven't had a lead in their first two Big 12 games, again, it's hard to be really optimistic about what's to come in the future because you're not playing good defense. Your quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, when he was healthy, struggled again today. There's just not a whole lot of positive attributes about this squad right now. Not a whole lot. Yeah, Yeah, Dylan was playing very poorly before he was uh, taken out with that targeting uh, shot to, uh, to the head. Hopefully he's going to be fine uh, because we, we we saw what was behind him, you know, unfortunately, and 
And Bevel came in, went seven for 16, held onto the ball a lot. You know, it it was just n- nothing, absolutely nothing went well today. I mean, I guess you could say uh, Javante Barnes was maybe the only bright spot uh, with 100 yards rushing and uh, and a couple touchdowns. But, but I mean, that's like, you know, I, it's it will completely get lost, and it should get lost because, I mean, we allowed – so many yards, so many scores, and I'll tell you what, it could have been way worse, like way worse. They, they, it feels like how I imagine Nebraska fans felt uh, when OU went up to Lincoln. I feel like TCU could have scored 100 on us today. Um, I mean, they finished with 668 yeah. yards of offense. I think they had something like 480 at the half. I mean, they could have they could have ran it up on us, and they were merciful. It was the most miserable half of football I've watched since the Peach Bowl. I mean, th- there was nothing fun about that game today because you blink and it felt like the score was 20-3. to 3. You know, I mean, there, it was just, you know, you thought that this was the day that they were going to rally and turn it around and turn their season around. It was a tough week, but look, I don't think Texas is all that great. How do you have confidence going into Texas? Who's going to be your quarterback? Who's going to be available for you on both sides of the ball next week? I, I just, I don't know. When this is a really bad year, for OU to have this type of team with what the Big 12 looks like. You know, in past years, you could have this team and say, well, you still got three or four cupcakes along the way. You can figure it out and still win a lot of games. That's that's obviously not the case this year. Cause, so it's it's going to continue. Like, today is not the last day. I, I don't know if you're going to get beat 55-24 again, but today's not the last day where you're going to feel a lot of stress on a college football Saturday, unfortunately. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're taking an opening timeout. Get back on the other side with some calls and more thoughts. 405-329-9000 is the Home Creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show. I'm live at Bandy's Barbecue in North Oklahoma City. 13230 Pawnee Drive right across from Top Golf, where they've got all the things. Brisket, turkey, pulled pork, ribs, chicken, and of course the burn-ins as well, which is what I had. Sandwiches and salads uh, as, as, as well. We're watching some college football up here, but don't worry. Stick with us here on the ref. We'll be back on the other side. More post-game thoughts and phone calls as well. Keep it locked right here on the ref. Home Creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show. What a disappointing day. What a disappointing day it was. Sooners lose and uh, every single aspect of this one over TCU. Uh, was there anything good to discuss here? Not really. Football team didn't play great. They got beat up today. Um, it just kind of makes you question what the immediate future with this program is as OU loses 55-24. But I want to hear from the callers, and uh, let's get right to it. 405-329-9000 if you want to hop in. Uh, let's hear from Sean first. Sean, uh, what's what's going on, man? What's on your mind? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, and yeoman's work to you guys for doing this today. Um, by the way, any word on <laughs> what song? Thank you. Any word, any word on what song we're going to play to start the third quarter? That seems to be pretty important. Um, or fourth quarter. Don't stop believing. Um, OU... It's the same thing. O- OU is best at you, – you, I saw you see something, what is this team good at? Marketing. They're good at marketing. And you touched on it. Uh, everything we're t- we were told about this team has proven to not be true. I mean, leading into this week, it was, well, we're going to be able to run all over them, our offensive and defensive lines. That's going to be our strength in this game against TCU. We got manhandled. We got beat up. We got abused. Yep. Uh, this is a poorly coached football team, and your your backup quarterback's not even prepared to enter the game. 
the guy started a bowl game last year. So he's had some experience. He comes in, he's not even ready to play. I mean, we've given up. No, and, and they were asking, like, from des- design run plays or quarterback run option plays, and that guy can't run. You know, it's like, what's right. what, 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 what are you doing right. here? He's not, you know, like, suited to run the yeah, offense. You have, you have to tailor it. You have to tailor it situationally, right? If you if if you right. think you can have some success running the ball, you can't then put in a guy who can't run just because he happens to be two on your depth chart. Right. Well, and you look at the situation, and, and the Twitter verse will be out there talking about if you're upset, you're not a real OU fan. That stuff. You know, we're gonna separate the wheat from the chaff. Or I remember Bob lost five games and then won a natty. Well, that's not that doesn't hold water. This was an 11 and 2 team. This wasn't the 1998 Sooners that Brent inherited. I mean, this is a team that has yep. talent and has been manhandled for all the working out they did this uh, winter and, and spring and summer and all the things we've been told. It's an unprepared football team. We've given up 96 points in two weeks to two pretty. I mean, and I take nothing away from TCU or even K State, but. I mean, come on. These are teams that we, we recruit better than, we spend more than, you know, you have all this other stuff. I'm telling you right now, Oklahoma might be the worst team in the Big They 12. are who we think they are. Yeah, and, and here's the most disappointing, surprising, upsetting thing, whatever, is, you know, you hear the old adage all the time, right? Well, a team takes on the personality of their head coach. And I think in a lot of circumstances, that's probably true. Well, what do we know about Brent? And what do we think about his uh, his personality? He's fiery. He's intense. Yeah. And I guess I thought that his team, especially his defense, was going to play that way. But, Sean, they don't look violent. They don't. Well, they don't. I, I just didn't see. I, I, don't, I, 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 I don't know. They, well, they, they, don't, they don't look like the defense I thought that they were going to be. I kidded Travis earlier this week on a, on a text. Because he was talking about, you know, you run a base defense the first two, three weeks, and then all of a sudden when you try stuff, stuff against K-State, you're worse. And, so, and he's right. And I give you the – we're going to start hearing soon about how it's too complex and we've got to simplify it, which, again, usually doesn't start until February. But they take terrible angles. The tacklings, I don't know how it's gotten yeah. worse. Everything's – but more importantly, you should not – be this bad and and not just the short term but the long term are you going to hold this recruiting class i mean i i mean fair question i mean i i would think probably yes but it's it's bad yeah i guess i guess you can tell you on a a regime change type situation um yeah i i don't believe that i mean i think a lot of guys are looking at right now uh some early starting time uh, under a new regime but um, and, and I get that, and I, and I know that's what we make fun of others for, but at the time, I guess it's kind of that case. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what it feels like. It feels like, it feels like we're Texas in the middle of their six-game losing streak last week. It, we, to your point, we spend more. We recruit better. We, we pay our coaches more. We do all this, and yet we still found a way to get the doors blown off us by TCU. And and to your point, when I was talking about kind of making the defense more, more vanilla, through a few weeks of the season, we lead the we lead the league or lead the country yeah. in tackles for loss. Today we're bringing pressure from everywhere and it seems like we can't get any pressure at all or we leave our guys on islands and all this like 
I'm, I'm a proponent of going back to keep things about as vanilla as possible, yeah. and at least maybe our angles will improve. I, no, I agree. And, and, I, and I know it sounds trite, but, I mean, but I'll leave you guys with this. Are you telling me if we had a $179 million football-only facility whose only selling point is that it's all in the same building, this would have been different today? I mean, come on. I mean, there not. is so much yeah. more better use of resources. And this was an absolute – you hit it on the head. It's an eye-opener. It was Blake-esque. And I don't know. You better find a way – you think the honeymoon's over now. You go down to Dallas – and get embarrassed, and it's going to get even uglier around here, as it should. Anyway, yeah. hey, thanks for the time, hey, guys. Uh, real, real, real quick, Sean. Oh, yeah. Real quick, Sean. It was pretty telling to me that what Duggan had that long touchdown run, and it's twenty to three. And this early on in the season, I'm saying to myself, uh, I don't, I don't know what the response is going to be here. You know, I wasn't yeah. all that confident that they were going to find any sort of way to get back in the game. That's that's not that's not good. Not well, a good thought. I leave you. I leave you guys with this. Then I, I don't know if you'll remember him, but. Uh, what I saw today, Jake Sills would return and be the starter <laughs> on this team. Anyway, hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate Maybe it. Maybe right. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. All right, back to the phone lines we go. By the way, I'm live at Bandy's Barbecue in Oklahoma City. Ardmore Sooner, you're on the Pulse Game Show. What's going on? Hey, Tyler and Travis, thanks for taking my call. First and most importantly, praying yep. for Damon uh, Harmon and, and that situation. So sad for him. Hopefully, He's okay, but, you know, uh, Sean pretty much said it all, but uh, it, it's embarrassing on the football side, I think. Until um, Venables is able to get his guys in there, um, it looks like it's going to be pretty embarrassing on the defensive side of the ball. The defensive line, they're, they're almost non-existent, and I know we're, we're giving the hard time on, a, on the DBs, but, man, if you get no pressure on the quarterback and our linebackers are getting – That three down front's not working. It, it's, it's, it's not working. Not, like you've got to have and, the right personnel. You've got to have the right personnel to run that. They don't have it. You got You got to scrap it. And every quarterback we played, uh, even before you know, uh, K State, they're beat. They're mostly beating our our linebackers to the boundary almost every time. And it's 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 gross to watch. But I think along with that, the most thing, the thing that bothers me the most is watching the offensive line. It's like okay. We're supposed to be bigger and more athletic, just like Sean was saying. We we have better recruits. We have more money. We got all this stuff. So why aren't we just? Uh, we don't have a quarterback that we can rely on to really throw the ball accurately when we need him to. So shouldn't we be able to just kind of you know line up and handle some folks and control the? Why why don't we become K State? It's like I don't I don't understand yeah. why we we continue to try to get. You know, throw the ball on you know second and nine. We're we're throwing a go route, you know, and it's basically a prayer. It looked it looked a lot like what Riley did last last year with uh, Caleb Williams. You know, you just you have nothing that you can depend on. Like, okay, this is what we do, and and I think Beedenboe needs to get in the you know what of those linemen and uh, and just just say, okay, guys, we're just gonna have to. Go back to this is going to be. We're going to turn into a Big Ten team this week and the rest of the year. We're just going to run the ball right at people. We're going to try to control the clock because our, we can't trust our defense to be on the field right now. So I don't know what they're going to no, do, but can't. they need to figure it out. I'll let you all do, all go. Thanks. Yeah, 
Yeah, appreciate, yeah, appreciate the call, that. Man. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. It's Are we on? Are we on live at Banny's? All right, sweet. Sweet. Yeah, Sorry, we uh, we uh, got the speaker uh, here going on, Travis, so everyone was all happy. So, no, hey, it's it's fair points by both of our first two callers. Look, two weeks ago right now, you and I were sitting in Lincoln, Nebraska, thinking that, yep, it's changed. Brent's showing you that it's changed. Here it is. And I never thought that we'd be sitting here in two weeks honestly saying, what does this team do well? But that's where I'm at right now. I don't know what this team does well. Um, I think at times it can stretch the field with a deep ball. I think at times it can run the ball, but it can't do anything well consistently. The passing game is hit or miss. The running game is hit or miss. Uh, costly penalties happen. Defensively, it's hit or miss. Mostly miss here in the past two weeks. It's just, you know, you can be optimistic about the future still after today. Now, we might have to talk about two or three years down the road for this program in the looming SEC coming up, but I don't think it's a sin to sit here and say, I, I still trust BV and the long term of what this program's going to look like. I, I think that's okay. But what it looks like right now, which is what really matters, what it's going to look like next week in Dallas, what it's going to look like, God, two weeks when they play Kansas, four weeks when they got to go to Ames and play Iowa State and play a similar team to what you played last week against Kansas State. Travis, I just got some real concerns on what this team can do well consistently moving forward, and I don't have that answer after five games. That's a, that's an issue, man. Yeah, I had uh, I saw on Twitter uh, uh, somebody, the optimistic Sooner, said, hey, in Nick Saban's first year, he went 6-6, six and six, won his first three games, lost his next two. I'll tell you what, Tyler, I'm an optimistic guy. That is a bridge too far for me. Uh, we... <laughs> We yeah. are in a rebuild, certainly. But here's the thing. You know, the whole Venables has to get his guys in there. I totally get that. To run what he wants to do with that three-man front, you need you need the horses. But you know what's in the locker room. You know what's on the roster. You know you don't have the horses. So adjust until those guys get there. You can't just say, well, we're just, we're just going to run this, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I guess we'll just give up, you know, 1,000 yards a game. Or, and, and, and that's the issue is – you have talent on this roster. There, There is talent on the roster. You just have to coach to the talent right now and, and and not kind of force your scheme in. Like I said, let's get this thing vanilla. Let's get back to the basics with it, and, and, and let's see if we can kind of get our arms back around the season because it is in an absolute free fall after today. Because, I mean, even look at the injuries. Yeah. You got Wanya Morris in a sling with your right tackle. You don't know Dylan's status. Damon Harmon was was playing a bunch. Uh, we don't know, obviously, his status. Praying for him. Um, you had Billy Bowman out. You had Eric Gray go down. You had uh, Rain look like his knee buckled for a minute. He went back in. Anton had to be helped off the field at some point. I mean, just I mean, piling up and piling up. At a certain time, you're like, man, who do I who do I ask for a running clock? Is that does Joe C ask that? Does Brent ask that? Let's get a running clock or get somebody else in there because we were dropping like flies, and that's what I'm concerned with going forward. And I, I don't know, like I said, optimistic Sooner's got to live up to his name, but even as a sunshine pumper, I can't find even a ray of sunshine right now. Yeah, I, I, I just I can't either, man. You got to be 55-24 today, and it could have been a lot worse than that, honestly. And, you know, you mentioned all the injuries that's piled up, and I just I wonder how this team responds. Now, someone might come back at me and say, well, in 2020, they lost back-to-back Big 12 games, and they were just fine. They figured out a way to win the conference. 
Well, they didn't get beat 55 Not to 24 like in either of those two Not games. Like and yeah. I mean, th- I mean, this is a legit like this is a legit issue. This is a legit setback. And trust me, I hope that they bounce back next week and they beat Texas and they figure it out and go on a winning streak. It's just hard for me to really see this particular team after what we've seen through five games really figuring it out and winning out. Because here's, here's where you're at now. You, you're going to have to win out to play for the Big 12 title now. You're 0-2 in the conference. By the standings, not by a power poll, by the standings, you're 10th in the league. You're going to have to figure out a way to re- win your remaining games. And your toughest games are still left on your schedule, I think. Win your remaining games just to make it to the Big 12 championship game. And again, does anyone... Has anyone seen anything from this team to lead them to believe that that's going to be the case? It's, it's, it's a really hard pitch right now. Uh, all right, 405-329-9000. We'll get to uh, more phone calls coming up next. It is the Home Creations Sooner Game Day wrap-up show. OU 3-2 and two on the year, 0-2 in conference. TCU wins today, 55-24. More of your phone calls, more post-game comments coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Home Creation, Sooner Game Day wrap-up show live from Bandy's Barbecue, 13230 Pawnee Drive. We're right across the street from Top Golf, and I may have messed with some ribs and some uh, burn-ins earlier today, which were fantastic. That's been the only fantastic thing about this Saturday thus far, because the game got so out of hand that ESPN just said, yeah, let's move this game to ESPN News so we can actually get a close football game on the TV, and... One uh, defensive stat that'll just make you sick, Travis. TCU had four different players. I repeat, TCU had four different players with a gain of 60 yards or more today. Uh, They had two plays of 69 and 67 on the ground, one of them being by their quarterback. And they had uh, two two touchdown catches of 73 and 62. For the first three weeks of the season, we were saying, dang, this OU defense is doing a great job of not giving up any big plays. Won the case last week, and today was the worst version of that. Four players with 60-plus yard gains. That tells you how bad it was today defensively. Yeah, and on some of those, they could have – I mean, a couple of those passes, I mean, they could have, I don't know, ran around in circles, you know, with a dizzy bat and still been able to score. Just complete busts, guys getting caught, looking into the backfield. Uh, Just – just – Bad, bad busts. Like, like you said, we didn't see this. And then uh, Parker just tweeted out at the end of the TCU game, we were without starting quarterback, starting and backup running back, starting wide receiver, starting right tackle, both starting safeties, and top two edge rushers. I mean, this injury, this injury report is going to determine a lot of the season. Tyler, at what point do you subscribe to the youth movement? When, when do you get you know guys like RSJ out there, Jaron Canick? Um, when do you, uh, you know, start to start to shuffle things up just to get some guys some experience? I mean, because at one point, well, you know, when guys are running wide open down the field, I'm not sure having, you know, somebody over like an RSJ would have solved anything. Like it couldn't have gotten worse. Literally, could sure. not have gotten worse. The overall thought. I mean, I start kicking the tires on that. I mean, pretty soon. I mean, maybe this week. I mean, if if. If what you're throwing out there defensively is that's the type of product that you're expecting to get, then sure. Now, each individual case is a little bit different, right? I think Jaron Kanick might be a little bit different than RSJ. Jaron Kanick, 100%. Like, I, I, I'm really starting to explore playing him major snaps next week. But just as a whole, kind of the entire picture of what you're talking about, yeah, man, I mean, because what else? Again, it's the overall question. 
what does this team do well? What does this team do well consistently? I asked that on Twitter during the game, and 80% of the responses were, well, they're pretty good at punter, right, with Turk. You know, and, and some people are joking about that, but it's it's serious. I mean, you, you have a quarterback that can play well at times, but not consistently. And I can go up and down the roster, but it's the same case. They just can't grab a hold of momentum. They haven't had a lead in two games now. There's some real fundamental issues uh, with this team. But, hey, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, Shrey from Tulsa, you're on the postgame show. What's going on? Well, well, well. Um, I don't know what to say. Obviously, first off, I send my condolences, especially to Dylan Gabriel and Demon Harmon. You know, both of them suffered some horrible yeah. injuries today. But you know, getting to business now, like I was stunned by you know just how the game went out. Um, more so disappointed in the defense, just because you know why are we why are we blowing assignments? Like why are people running wide open? It's one thing to give up a 60-yard touchdown if it's contested, but if you don't, want, if, if there's nobody there, I think it's just an effort problem because the scheme cannot correct um, a lack of effort. And I don't know what's been going on in these OU players' head, but, heads, but but like their effort has not been un- uncommon. In fact, it's probably been uncommon in a not so good way. Yeah, I yeah, mean, sure. I, I, think I think that's I think fair. a lot of that is mental. What? Mental errors, uh, for sure, is what what I expect. Because when you when you just when a guy's running wide open, I don't think you know somebody's jogging after him. It's because there's a breakdown in communication, or a guy gets caught staring at the quarterback. You know, worried about the quarterback run. And I mean, it's like you said, those aren't contested plays. It wasn't that the receivers ran an incredible route, or that you know TCU just called such a you know, such a mind-bending play that their wide receiver was running wide open. It was simply that they were just running wide open because we just, we blew it. So the mental mistakes, and that's why I keep on going back to it, and I, I know everybody's probably getting tired of it, but I keep going back to it. We're going to have to simplify this thing. Play play with the talent you have and coach to your roster. Don't try and coach kind of kind of around it and say, well, you know, this should work if I had, you know, three NFL players uh, down in this 3-3-5, but... That, that, I think that's what bothers me most is the mental errors, and yet we still are running all these exotic schemes. And all, like, like I don't need to see the safety blitz over and over if the safety keeps getting cooked deep. Like, I, I just don't have to see that. Yeah, um, and then also on Dylan Gabriel, you know, like, I know he got injured and all that, but one thing that irritates me is he does not set his feet whenever he throws. Like, every darn time we're missing wide open wide receivers down the field, like, we could have gotten a bunch of touchdowns on this on that TCU defense. I think that TCU defense is trash. Like I mean it when I say it. Like we, we could have hung. I thought we could have hung at least forty on the on that team. Yeah, yeah. yeah just and make I'm sure uh, a team or two uh, this year is going to do that at some point. But this was a this was a big spot for Dylan Gabriel today because he's been hearing a lot of crap for the past two weeks, and this was his opportunity today. Pre that real, really illegal hit. I mean, that was that was a joke. What that play was, but he had a real chance today to come out, step out, and say, "All right, I'm I'm going to shut everyone up. Watch this. These easy throws that you guys are talking about that I'm missing. Watch this." But he he missed a ton again in the half of football that he played. So is he still your quarterback moving forward? I think so. Yeah, if he's healthy. Um, but he, he even when he was healthy, he didn't show. I mean, he played his worst game today when he was healthy. How about that? Yeah, but like I think you still have to play him over Carson Bedville because I he the backup did not impress me. Like he was missing a lot of throws. Yeah, they did. 
And, like, you know, he was holding on to the ball too long, which caused him to get sacked. So, <laughs> there's just, it's just, it's just pathetic. You know, who knows? Maybe General Booty might, might have an answer. Maybe so. Uh, but they need a low lot more than quarterback play right now. Quarterback play would be a good place to start, but unfortunately, there's issues all across this football team. Hey, appreciate the phone call. Absolutely. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. 405 329 if you want to sneak in here. Back to the phone lines we go. Let's go to Tim. Tim, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Um, hey, it's for Tim. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, okay. Uh, tough loss. Um, I I just can't help but uh, think that, uh, I mean, it looks, you'd think that we had the worst recruiting classes in the Big 12 for the past three or four years, and um you know, uh, and we don't, but we're just getting, you know, dominated up front. Um, you know, especially against Kansas State, it reminds me of going back, you know, three years and finally made some improvement on defense the last couple of years. And, um, but this, this looks like, you know, we're going back in time. And, um, and it's like we've got the worst, you know, recruits. And we supposedly have the second best, you know, recruiting classes um, for some time. And um, I just I, I don't want to go back to how it was, you know, with those terrible defenses, you know, three years ago and stuff. And um, it's like, in, you know, when we had DBs, it just looked too short. They just throw the ball up in the air. Sure. And they can't, uh, you know, and, and beat them. And I know this doesn't happen to every team in the Big 12. It's like, and we supposedly have more talent. And uh, I just, I'm really concerned that, uh, you know, it could be, you know, a downtime. Um, after finally making some headway, uh, you know, because we're getting no, we got no push on the pocket, and it, it's just just like you know, and we're worse than other teams, and we're supposed to be better. I don't, I just don't, you know, it does, it never made any sense to me. I I agree. Uh, some sobering thoughts, Tim, but accurate thoughts as well. Appreciate the phone call. Good hearing from you. Okay, take care. Uh, yeah, 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 take care. A uh, quick scoreboard update before we hit a break here. We'll check in with Travis live in Fort Worth. Bama's all over Arkansas right now, 21-0, eight minutes left in the second quarter. Ohio State is up on Rutgers, 21-7, nine minutes left in the second quarter. It's Oklahoma State 9, Baylor 3, two minutes left in the second quarter. Oklahoma State's got the ball right around midfield. Wake is up uh, in Tallahassee at Florida State, 21-7. 10.40 left in the second quarter. KU got the ball first and goal from the Iowa State 9, up 7-0 in Lawrence with seven minutes left in the second quarter. We'll keep you uh, updated on scores as the afternoon goes along. But, uh, Travis, uh, you, you mentioned there's a whole lot of uh, OU fans where you're at in Fort Worth. I'm uh, sure the beer's flowing there because the uh, the mood is not that up. Op- the, the mood is as, uh, as low as it's probably been in several, several years around this team right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, this is this is uh, about as bad as I can remember it. Um, specifically going forward, right? I mean, we already talked about the what the the one game was like. I talked to one of the staffers at halftime, uh, just one of the um, the creative staffers, and I asked him when's the last time he felt like it, and he said, "Back when I worked at Nebraska, I've never felt this feeling at Oklahoma." Um, and, and my my thing is. You know, in basketball, you get certain guys on your roster if you know that one of your opponents has, you know, like like you saw people do this with Shaq. You see people do it, you know, to specifically big guys to shut those guys down or, you know, like we saw this with Tony Allen and this, that, and the other. I, I would have loved, I would have loved to see just like 
just put Jaden Rowe out there on Johnson and, and, and see what happens. Like, we he was a corner in high school. He's 6'3". He's over 200 pounds. He can match him physically. I mean, stuff like that. Like, when you have multiple, you know, 6'2", 6'3", type corners, you know, in, in your recruiting class, and I get it. They're freshmen. I know they'd probably get cooked. But I'm not sure what the difference is between getting cooked and what I saw today. So... In, in, in those situations, I, I don't know if it's just an overreaction, and it 100% could be. But I would have loved to see somebody like that just get out there, see what happens. Who knows? He might surprise you, and you might actually, uh, uh, you know, have some success. So um, stuff like that, just going forward, we're going to see more young players uh, simply because, uh, you know, all the injuries. You know, our roster is it's, it's going to be needed yeah. to uh, – um, to see those guys. Yeah, all right, Bandy's Barbecue is uh, where the party's at right now. Brisket, turkey, pulled pork, ribs, chicken, and, of course, some um, uh, burn-ins. I'd hurry up. The Sheevers just got here, which means they're going to run out of beer soon. So uh, come out to Bandy's Barbecue right here, 132.30 Pawnee Drive across from Topgolf. Home creation, Sierra Game Day wrap-up show live from Bandy's Barbecue here in OKC, right across from Topgolf, where they do barbecue better than anyone else go ahead and take that to the bank trust me had some burn-ins had some ribs earlier today god it was the only enjoyable part of the afternoon after watching that uh, 55 24 beatdown that we had uh, tyler mccomas alongside travis davidson and if you're just now joining us the main theme today is today was in an unexpected slap in the face of you are not unfortunately the team that you thought that you were going to be this year um you're not a team that i think can win the big 12 you're Obviously not a team I think is going to make it to the college football playoff. You're out of that on October 1st with already two losses today. So you've got to figure a lot of things out. The future can still be bright for, for this particular regime and this staff. But today was the realization, Travis, that you have a lot – you're further away than what you thought, and, and maybe by, by a pretty wide margin. Yeah, it, the margin seems to – the unfortunate part is the margin seems to be widening, right? I mean, it seems like we've gotten worse. Uh, I don't know if it was, you know, guys just, you know, amped up early in the year. I don't know if, uh, like, Billy Bowman's injury today. I don't know what the drop-off is there and if it's that extreme of a drop-off, apparently. I don't know how much – how many warts he was covering, Um you know, and, and that's what kind of frustrates me. We spoke last week, Tyler, in the postgame show about I just don't know what this team is because, man, they looked so good through three weeks. I know it's not – I know we didn't play good teams in the first three weeks, but they looked – like you can tell when a team still looks better. Sure tackling, gap control, like you can just tell. But, man, like it's night and day absolutely night and day and we're going yeah. the wrong direction fast like real fast yeah i agree all right let's get back to the phone lines i could feel roger all the way from two time zones away during the game today just getting so furious he's on with us now roger uh let him have it what's going on you're on the post game show what's up all right man so here, here it is um venables will never outlive this 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 performance today his team quit on him uh, I don't want to hear any other mouth breather OU fan talking about the Lincoln Riley era again, about us not being tough. His teams never quit, and I mean never. His teams never quit. They might have gotten waxed because they played good teams like a great team like LSU. He always rallied the troops. 
you can sit here and criticize it. If you know what, I don't want to hear anything about old Jerry Schmidt being the difference maker and how crappy Benny Wiley was, you know, as a coordinator. I, I, that got really old, and you kind of thought, let's see how this gets played out here. This team looks about 10% as, you know, physical as they were last year. And that's it. We complained about it winning a bunch of close games last year. Venables is – he almost looks like he's out of his depth as a head coach. Like, like he has no clue how to stem the tide here. And, and that's concerning. So what game exactly are we looking at on the calendar right now on the schedule that we're confident winning? I, I don't know. What game are we – None of them right. we, uh, not, I mean, Roger, them? you can't – you can't I, just I sit here like he used to fourteen nothing on Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I, have been I, I, honestly as crazy as it is. I wouldn't. The Big Twelve's good this year. I wouldn't have been confident. Probably. I mean, we're probably going to be even if we were favorites. Now we probably won't be. Definitely won't be. But if we were going to be favorites, we're going to be. It's not a good year to be just, this bad in this league. No, no, we're bad. We so, are at, we so are I don't want to hear like you know. You know what's interesting is so let's remember. Let's go back. We were eleven and two team last year. This guy didn't inherit some crap roster that didn't have – Riley was recruiting top 10 to top 12 classes every year. Yeah, there was some attrition of talent. I'm going to tell you right now, his worst – it's very clear right now what his worst tactical gaffe was. He did not allow the Caleb Williams things to, to, to kind of develop a little bit. They panicked and went and got this five foot six quarterback out of Central Florida because he was going to play at UCLA. Dude, that guy is missing passes left and right. Last yep. week and this week, yep. he's missing guys wide open, man. We have the worst quarterback situation since Patrick Fletcher was man in the, man in the saddle and uh, John Blake here. I mean, it's crazy. You know, and, and here's the deal. The, the strength of the team was supposed to be the defense, right? Because this guy was going to come back yep. and reincarnate toughness on defense. We're terrible on defense. Mike Stoops-style Stoops defense out there. We're, we're giving up. They could have scored 70 on us today. This is Mike Stoops-level bad defense. You know? I mean... Grinch, is, Grinch looks like freaking Buddy Ryan out there in 85 Bears compared to this stuff. I mean, it's crazy, <laughs> man. Like, we have, we have, I mean, Venables has come in, and it's, it's, this isn't a dumpster fire. This is like Russian retreat out of the city of Kharkiv right now, man. I mean, we don't know when the route's going to stop. I mean, so do you guys think he's going to have this team prepared to play mentally or physically? Who's the start quarterback? Is it the third string guy that got into Pittsburgh? How do we end up with the third string quarterback? I, look, I, I, I don't think it's Dylan Gabriel. I, I, I don't think it's Dylan Gabriel next week. Maybe you throw out Davis Bevel out there. Just throw out General Booty. Like I, I don't know why you didn't at least see what you had with General Booty today. I thought that that was a wasted opportunity because you gave General. You gave Davis Bevel. You gave him series to you know show some life within this offense, and you could see pretty early on. There wasn't a whole lot that was going to happen there. And I understand. Like, look, they see Joe Booty every single day in practice, all that, but at least throw him out there to see what you got. I don't think Gabriel's your starter next week after that injury today. Roger, I, I, I don't. So it's one of those two guys. So, so, so moving forward, I mean, Gabriel is going to be – I don't even know. His ceiling's a C, like a C-minus ceiling. So they have grossly, grossly, I mean grossly just miscalculated what they had at quarterback. And, and, and here's the deal. He's in trouble next year, too, man. He is in danger of going like 4-8 this year. And I don't know where the fourth win's coming from. This team quit on him today, guys. They quit on him. They didn't show up, and then they just quit and allowed themselves to absolutely get blown in place. That, that is, I mean, the defense just giving up 70 and 60. And they had white receivers out there getting 5'2 receivers, white receivers that were walk-ons, breaking open 75-yard touchdown runs. I mean, it was crazy, man. And, like, that, yeah, that and him standing over there with his little... 
with Edibles with his hat on over there. Like, he looked like Mother Teresa, you know, at a nightclub, man. Just completely confused. Like, it's it's crazy. I mean, we have the Village Idiot court at, at, at head coach right now, man. I'm already ready to unhook right now yeah. and hit the egress button on this guy. So, all right, man, thanks for taking the call. I don't know where we go from here. Yeah, but I'm fearful of three and nine. Yeah, well, the... I'll tell you where you go from here. The uh, toughest games that you have left are uh, still upcoming. I, I don't think Kansas State and TCU are the two best teams that you're going to face this year. That might be Baylor and Oklahoma State. All right, uh, final hour of our pregame coverage rolls on next. Keep it locked right here on the ref for the homeless Center fans. Should this all be banned for, like, the next three days? I don't know. Oh, I mean, it was just a bummer today because, you know, you wake up, it's Saturday. Yeah, all right, I've been waiting all week for Saturday. Oh, you play today. It's a get-right game. We've seen them do that the past three times they played in Fort Worth. Get right and figure out a way to rally and win the Big 12. And this is what you were treated to today. A game that uh, was the longest first quarter that I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And by the end of the first quarter, you thought to yourself, yeah, I think uh, we might be out of this one. Uh, Several big plays by TCU. OU, again, just could never grab the momentum and never had the lead for the second consecutive week. And now you're sitting at 0-2 in the Big 12. Uh, but back to the phone lines we go, because I know we, we got a lot of people with a lot of opinions. Uh, let's go to Sam. Sam, you're on the post-game show. What's up? Hey, guys. How are y'all? Wish, uh, wish we were uh, uh, all not, talking with Not well, positive. honestly. Yeah, for sure. Hey, hey one thing I don't want to hear, and I've heard a lot of people say it, seen a lot of it on social media. I, I don't want to hear this is BV's first year. you got to give it time. You just got housed by a guy that took over a 5-7 and seven program. Their coach was fired in November of last year that has about Good half point. the talent that Oklahoma has. And you got housed by a first-year coach at that program. I don't want to hear it's BB's first year. The other thing, you've got a far superior defensive mind on the, on the sideline right now. We can all agree to that. He's doing far less than Alex Grinch did with these same players. It, it, it's not even close. Alex Grinch's defenses were better than what we've seen the last two weeks. And it's not – I don't even think it's a comparison. Yep. And that and that's sad. And, and I guess one of the other things that I heard during the last few years of, of Mike Stoops was the scheme is too complicated. You need to simplify it. Is that what's going on here? You don't have the players that can, that can comprehend the scheme? And I heard Travis say it earlier. Maybe you've got to go back to vanilla. Maybe that's what they can do. Maybe they can't play your scheme. And you can't be stubborn and keep feeding your your, your scheme out there. Well, you definitely can't the play this three-man weeks. front. And I think that's a good point. You cannot play this three-man front. We saw it again today. It gets no pressure. They get beat down the field. You may be able to play it in three years. You do not have the guys that can play it now. Maybe it'll never work. I don't know. No. But I just know it doesn't work right now. Sure. Well, and, and it's not that you're getting beat down the field even that bad. You're not even covering guys. You got you got Deshaun White with right. his eyes in the backfield or his eyes on a on a on a running back releasing a guy free down the field. You've got Justin Broyles coming up on a running back that's coming out of the backfield because nobody else is covering the running back. I don't blame Justin Broyles for coming to the dump off, but guess what? You free release the guy behind you for a seventy yard touchdown. Like somebody's not doing their job. It's causing another guy not to do his job. It's not all on one person. It's on the group. Nobody's doing their job. And, and I, I don't know how he fixes it's it. I have no idea accurate. except for going vanilla, put a four-man front out, see if you can pressure people. But the blueprint's out there, and it's not a hard blueprint. I mean, it, it's literally not a hard blueprint. 
run a bunch of go routes, sneak a, a, a running back out of the out of the backfield, they're going to cradle and somebody's going to run free. It's just it's pretty frustrating. And as far as Dylan, I've said it the first five games, and I've gotten killed for it. I, I understand he, he's done well at times. The misses that he makes at the most inopportune times and, um, and throws your defense right back out on the field. He did it last week. He missed Drake on a wide-open touchdown. He missed Drake on a fourth down. He missed Mims on a third down. A couple of those, they had a chance to tie the game. Defense was making stops at that time. He missed throws, put the defense back out, and they widened the gap. There, there were chances last week for them to tie the game, possibly take the lead last week, and you never know what happens. He misses throws at the most inopportune times, and it's fr- Oh, and then yeah, if you guys listen to the lost, broadcast at all, oh, yeah. did you lose me? If you guys listen to the uh, broadcast at all on TV, can you hear me? Uh, RG3. Can yeah, 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 we got you. Go ahead. His, his footwork in the pocket is terrible. That's why he's overthrowing everything. His footwork is horrible. It, maybe that's as simple as it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's just his mechanics, but those throws are not even close. So... Obviously, didn't look like we had anybody behind him, so he's definitely QB1 the way it looks, but it's going to be a tough season, guys. So, we, yeah, we all got to buckle up. Hey, good up phone call. Good to hear from you, Sam. Take ride with him. Thanks, guys. Yeah, there you go. Um, that, it's some interesting points in there, Travis, and, you know, he, he mentioned one thing or several things that I noticed today. It's that, you know, I, I feel like there's times where you can tell what an offense thinks of a defense based on what they run in the opening series of the game. And I think what TCU's first offensive play of the game was was just a simple, just kind of wide receiver bubble screen, get their guy out in space, and let's see if our corner or their corners and DBs can actually come up and make a tackle, right? Kansas State did it all night long against OU, and OU couldn't stop it. TCU did it again today, and OU had some issues stopping it as well. So it was almost like, you know, what Sam was saying is that the blue the blueprint isn't all that complicated, man. You throw deep balls, you throw tunnel screens, you just get your guys out in open space, and there's no answer to it. That's like really frustrating, man. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and it's it comes down to what we've been talking about for years now. It's the tackling. Why can't we tackle? You know, it's. Uh, I mean, they ran the same little uh, quick out, little bubble screen, uh, two or three times in a row there uh, towards their bench. And each time, I think they, I think they picked up eight, and then probably twelve. Um, yeah, it's it's wild. And I'll tell you what, um, you know, Dylan obviously did not have a good day at all, even before the injury. Um, but on on those RPOs, we talked about it before the game. It's, I mean, I, I know he got hurt on a run sliding, but that was kind of a that wasn't a designed run. That was kind of an escape type situation. But on those RPOs, like. If he just, I don't know if they're just setting up the quarterback run for maybe later in the game and trying to get people, you know, kind of on their heels going towards the running back, but there seemed like this some times where it was like, man, if he just kept it, that's a, that's a, that, that's a walking first down right there. Um, you know, it's an RPO is not effective if you never keep it, like never keep it. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting going forward, but, yeah, we, we, it, we don't have – Dylan's got to be better early because we keep on getting in these holes, and the, again, the blueprint's out on us. We cannot continue to get in these holes, or, or we're not we're not going to win any games. 
Yeah, they haven't had a lead since Lincoln, Nebraska, which is uh, pretty sobering, man. And, again, I like, I think Kansas State and TCU, I think they're nice teams. I don't think that they're going to be playing in the Big 12 championship game at the end of the year. Um, maybe, maybe TCU will surprise me a little bit more as the season goes on. I do think they have a good offense, but I do not think that their defense is good as it showed today. And, and that was in a long line of frustrating things today. I thought that at least like you might have some troubles defensively against these wide receivers that TCU has, but at the very minimum, your offense was going to be able to control things against their defense. That wasn't the case. Now, granted, your quarter got knocked out early in that game, but there weren't really a whole lot of signs that you're offensively were just going to throw up a ton of yards and a ton of points today. So just all around, I it's very, very frustrating, and you just kind of uh, look around today and just kind of wonder where this team's headed next, man. I just yeah, it, th- this is going to be to, the most unique OU Texas week we've had in a while. It goes back to kind of Tyler. You know, we were talking early in the season about hey, you know what? We're up big against uh, UTEP. We're up big against Kent State. Let's see these guys throw a bit. Let's see these backups throw. And we said, you know what? There might come a time where they're going to be forced to throw in a real life game time situation. And Bevel was put in that situation today, went 7 for 16, and couldn't get the ball out. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if the coaching staff is kicking themselves a bit for not getting a look at Evers, not getting a look at General Booty, not getting a look at those guys early. And again, like you said, yeah, they pra- they're in practice every day with these guys, but you cannot, you cannot compare them to live reps because if, if uh, Davis Bevel went out there and – he, that's that's our absolute best option. Then I, I I don't know what we have in in Evers and Booty. If that's the case, I would have loved for them to get some more reps. What do you have to lose? Yeah. All right. Four zero five three two nine nine thousand. We'll get to uh, more of your phone calls coming up next. Live from Bandy's Barbecue here in OKC one thirty two thirty Pawnee Drive, right across from Top Golf. Keep it locked right here on the Ref. More to come next on the Home of Sooner Fans. Home Creation Sooner Game Day wrap-up show live on the Ref. And uh, if this doesn't make a lot of people stay worse, Oklahoma State just took back the opening kickoff in the third quarter. Uh, they are beating down Baylor right now in Waco. Oklahoma State looking like uh, eh, they might be the best team in the Big 12 this season. Uh, Mississippi State up on Texas A&M 14 There's something good that's happening today. A&M is getting their ass beat. How about that? That's at least something, right? A&M's getting destroyed today on the road at Mississippi State. If that's my only win today, by God, I'll, I'll take that as my only win today. Uh, back to the fold lines we go. Let's go to Steven. Steven, you're on the postgame show. What's up? What's going on, guys? Uh, it was a rough How are you? game. Pretty good, pretty good. First off, that, that Roger guy that called in, he's a freaking idiot. You're trying to jump off the bandwagon Uh-oh. of Brent Venables after one year. That was just, just a dumb take. You gotta, you know, he's one year. Well, get yeah. we're all we're all emotional. We all handle uh, emotions differently here on the uh, on the Riverwind Casino call-in line. Still, still idiot. Still, he needs to take his fandom back. Um, but I think why didn't they try to uh, entice Casey Thompson a little more? I think that's where they went wrong. You, they they put all their eggs. Well, in one Casey, the, the the problem was is like Casey wanted to start somewhere, and they told him that you know Casey, you're not. I mean, you could be a backup here, and we would love to have you, but you're just not going to be the starter there. Like I, I don't, 
I don't fault them for that. And they tried to get Jackson Dart, and they just they had settled on Dylan Gabriel as their starter all the way back in January, basically. And it was going to be really tough to get. It was really gonna. It was gonna be really tough to get someone else in here that was really good, honestly. And and look, I and I see your overall point. And yes, they've got to be better at quarterback, but they've got way more issues than just at quarterback right now. And that's a sobering thought today. If they're better at quarterback, does it help? Sure, but got to be better everywhere. That that is very true. And ho- hopefully, hopefully, they start getting the young guys maybe in on defense. I mean, I don't know. Hard, hard habits are hard to break. And the Grinch defense philosophy, it's really kind of showing up. Because they, they they've been soft, yeah. and it's still showing. So we'll get it back. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, Hopefully appreciate so. the call. Yeah, appreciate the um, call. I, uh, it, it's interesting because, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, Tyler. And you, you, you think to yourself, you know, would we have been better off you know, not giving the job immediately to Dylan right away and, and saying, hey, Casey, come on. Hey, Jackson, come on. You guys can compete for a starting job uh, if you guys come in. Um, I, but I, I think I think part of, and I think a lot of why the staff was so, you know, gun-ho on Dylan is he knows Levy's offense. And the problem is he knows Levy's offense extremely well. That's, that's really good. He can teach it to the other guys. It's all good. You still have to make the throws. And, and, and that's what it comes down to. So, I think the trade-off of, yeah, hey, guess what? We can get guys open all day. Yeah, that's that's fantastic that that can happen, but you have to do something with it once they're open. And, man, there were there were a lot of missed throws today. Um, you know, last last week he, he missed some big, um, important throws. It seemed like he – it seemed like he missed – more and more of them today just wasn't dialed in at any at any point in time. Yeah, and and hey, I, he wasn't perfect. No one's going to try to sell that, of course. But there were times where he didn't get help. Like Jaden Gibson had a big drop early on in the game um, that could have definitely helped out momentum wise if he makes that play. But I, I feel like you know one of my greater fears of this offense is true, Travis, which is. You know, I was down for the up-tempo offense when I heard it initially that Jeff Levy was going to bring it. But my concern was, well, how can you be a defensive-led program with Brent Venables if you're running this much tempo? And then I was told, well, tempo is going to be situational. They're not always going to run tempo. It's not going to be their bread and butter. It's just going to be a, a weapon that they use. And this tempo offense, that's all they have right now to move the ball and score points. They can't move the ball if they're not running tempo. So you have the combination right now of a poor defense that's giving up a lot of big plays, but with an offense that cannot sustain drives and can only go fast, and that's feast or famine, right? It's either a three-play drive that lasts 25 seconds, you got to punt it away, or it's a four- or five-play touchdown drive that lasts a minute and 12 seconds. My, my, I call it one of my greatest fears because this defense needs help, man. They, they cannot do it by themselves, clearly. They've got some issues. But this offense literally is not helping them out with their pace of play, and it's a major issue moving forward, man. Yeah, do you think it would uh... – see, I just I just think our, our – of course, this team has a lot of problems. There's a laundry list of them. Um, and I, I'm wondering if, if the defense gets back to fundamentals, tackling, kind of trusting, you know, trusting the call, everything like that, and gets out of that three-man front, I mean, 
Is it is the offense having these problems? Uh, you know, are we are we winning games? Are we? Or is the defense able to get off the field easier? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's so many chicken and egg type situations and conversations like these, Tyler, because it's, well, fast offense going to keep the defense on the field for a long time. Well, the defense is on the field for a long time because they can't get off the field because they can't defend anybody. That's why they're on the field for, for so long. You know what I mean? So it's a very, it's a very chicken and egg conversation. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines again, 405-329-9000, if you want to uh, share your post-game thoughts with us. Quentin, you're on the post-game show. What's going on, man? Well, I'm just trying to stay level-headed and calm. But, um, you know, <laughs> the reason I called is I see a lot of uh, – and I agree with you. There's a lot of opportunity to improve everywhere on the field and in the coaching staff. But with Gabriel, I think – Gabriel finally sheds a little bit of light. Now, I didn't stay out of the Holiday Inn Express last night, and I'm not a football coach. But line play on both sides, defense and offense. We've had athletic quarterbacks that have hit a lot. I I think have hit the the issues we have on the offensive line for a long time. And uh, we finally got a guy. Listen, he's got – if you look at it, he knows how to throw a ball. I mean, he's got 30,000 yards, 5,000 touchdowns, and two interceptions. So I don't think he – and you know, I, there's something different. Now, I know the level of talent is different, but it, it, it seems like in the beginning when we – we know we had this rough start, maybe he just – he didn't have that confidence in that offensive line. Um, and it's in his head. And I don't know. I, I just – I think, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Quentin, I, no, I, I, I think you stumbled on a, a big point there is I, I think that when, you know, you watch the broadcast, I'm sure, of, well, here's where his feet are compared to his shoulders, and that's mechanical. I, I think that you can't, a lot of times, I think when you're talking about a quarterback who's played a lot of football and developing those bad habits, a lot of that kind of rests on, you know, not having a whole lot of trust with your offensive line. I, I think that that's where it stems from. All right. Uh, yeah. I think we, did we, did yeah. we lose Quentin there? Yeah, I, we, we lost. Uh, yeah, we lost I him. That, I think that was his uh, maybe a statement, maybe a hang up and uh, listen type situation. But yeah, I think with the offensive line, here's the thing: he had time to get the ball out. The ball was getting out. It just wasn't hitting the receivers in the hands. Or as you brought up with Jaden Gibson, it hit the receiver in the hands. Receiver just didn't make a play. So it's 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 not like he's running around for his life. Um, very often. Obviously, they get pressure on him. Sure, uh, we'll have to wait and see what Wanye Morris, uh, what what the uh, diagnosis is on him. Um, but, but yeah, it's it, it's not like he's running for his life. We're seeing Baker in Carolina now run for his life. That's different. He's got 1.1 second uh, in the pocket. Now, this isn't a running for your life situation. This is simply he's just not he's just not putting the ball on people's hands, and that's what he's got to do, man. Agree. Uh, Oklahoma State now leads Baylor 23-10. Baylor got a big uh, touchdown on their next offensive possession, long touchdown pass. All right, we'll r- run down some scores across the country. Coming up next, more uh, post-game discussion. Where does this program go next? Where does this team go next? What can we expect moving forward? Oh, boy, a fascinating OU Texas week is uh, incoming uh, next week. I can assure you that. All right, I'm at uh, Bandy's Barbecue, 12330. 
Pawnee Drive right across from Topgolf in Oklahoma City. Travis Davidson, he is in Fort Worth at the Reservoir right now, Reservoir Bar, Patio, and Kitchen. Uh, appreciate them having him out, West 7th Street District in Fort Worth. More to come next. Keep it locked on the ref. Home Creation Shooter Game Day wrap-up show. Do I really need to read the final score again? You guys don't need to hear it again. You all saw what happened today. Uh, not a whole lot of fun in uh, Fort Worth as TCU rolls OU. Alabama up on Arkansas, 28-7 at halftime in Fayetteville. Oklahoma State's up on Baylor, 23-10, but Baylor's got the football inside the red zone. Ten minutes left in the third quarter. Wake over Florida State and Tallahassee, 21-7 at the half. It's KU 14, Iowa State 8, halftime in Lawrence. And, yes, Mississippi State still up 14-0 on Texas A&M at halftime. Back to the phone lines we go. We go to Kevin. Kevin, you're on the post game show. What's up, man? Hey, Tyler. Hey, Travis. Um, I hate to be a be like Travis and be accused of being a sunshine pumper, but I mean, let's just trust the let's trust the process. I mean, I feel like I think the foundation, the building has been completely stripped down, and we're building back. We're building back up here. I mean, I don't know what to go from here. I don't know like our defensive depth is what we thought it was from the guys that we lost last year. I think we're We've lost depth in spot, but I think just let BB get his guys in, and I think we'll be okay. I don't think we should fire anybody or anything after the fifth after the fifth game. But also, I think a bright spot. I think we found it today. Javante Barnes is probably our best running back, and I think that's all. I've Maybe man, here. Travis, you, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, as far as the, um, you know, getting Venable's guys in here, absolutely. Totally agree with that. I also don't think we should, you know, determine whether or not we're going to fire a coach based on uh, his first five games. Um, but also, you got to – I don't think anybody disagrees that you got to get your own guys in here. I think a lot of people would just like to see you coach to your roster at a certain point uh, because we can't wait – you know, you can't wait to get your guys in there because the problem therein lies – if you want to get your guys in there, those are your, your five-star defensive linemen, you know, your you know your cheetahs and all this, that, and the other. Well, they won't come to you if you lose every game that you play and give up, you know, a 1,000 points. So it's kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll coach to our roster with an understanding that we will slowly morph over to the uh, – slowly morph over to – kind of the scheme that you want to run but we've got to get the horses first so it's a it's a weird thing to do um but it's what we got to do I, and i still think eric gray is our best running back i mean i think i want to i want to add there i mean i think it's, it's just going to be a process i just want to like just, like just trust the process and just ease it in yeah. i mean bob's first year we were you know pretty much seven and five seven and five i mean seven and five I mean, Saban's this year. He was like seven and six his first year. So, I mean, I don't want to say that we should fire anybody. The we're, we're going to be like we were in the break. Ellen Burger years. There's not anything about that. But I'm just saying, let's let's trust the process. The coaches are going to figure it out. We'll be okay. This is all about yeah. my pay grade. Hey, I'm appreciate the phone call, Kevin. About my pay grade. Yeah, um, so and, and I think that that's a fine overall point. Um, trust the process. Trust that Brent Venables is going to get it figured out. Cool. Yeah, that overall point, I'm fine with. You've wanted to say that today, but 
you've got to see growth this year, right? Because as of right now, you know, as much as much as we made fun of last year's team for not being a very good team, last year's team looks like they look better than this year's team. It looks like that you've regressed quite a bit as a football team from this year to last year. So I, I'm fine with the overall point of, well, just trust in Brent. He'll get it done. He's just trying to do this, this, this. That's cool. But we've got to see growth this year. Like, I don't think you can have you, – you can't have both you, – you've got to have both things. You've you got to see growth this year, and you've got to start seeing it pretty quickly, Travis. Because without that growth, if we see a team that finishes 5-7 and seven or – four and eight or six and six and we're not seeing much growth then well I mean what did you really get out of this year you've got to see growth in the program this season in year one yeah I, I think uh, I think you're right my, my only question would be what does growth look like right like how do you how do you quantify growth is it um, you know the better tackling the things that we saw in the first three games you know the the, the tackles for a loss that kind of stuff is it is it just I don't know better players as they go. How do you quantify? Like, there's just a, it's just hard to quantify that. And I get the whole, you know what? All we got to do is be patient. But it's tough. It it is tough to preach patience to a fan base that has been been treated to double digit wins for the majority of most of their lives. You know, and it's and it's tough because you want to win now. We should win now. We have better players. We should theoretically have better coaches. We have again. We go. We can go down that road, you know, again and again and again. Um, but eventually, you you want to see. Let's let's have some growth. Maybe I don't know. In in the off season, as we coach them up through spring camp, through fall camp, through everything like that. Right now, go win ball games because once a losing mentality creeps into a locker room, it is real hard to get out. So win win ball games. Kind of put you know put your scheme aside, or maybe introduce only small amounts of it because it's clear that your defenders can't run it effectively because they've been they've been getting scored on at will by Adrian Martinez and Max Duggan. Uh, back to the phone lines we go four zero five three two nine nine thousand again if you want to sneak in here let's go to Chris Chris you're on the post game show what's up man. I don't know, man. I, I was expecting. I did all my running early, oil change, car wash, everything. Helped the wife with the groceries. Did all <laughs> yeah. I needed to do. When I come, when I get here back home, to, uh, uh, back home to uh, to watch the game, we in the hole seven to zero. I said, okay, I, I, I'm expecting. I'm expecting to be up on these dudes at least fourteen to seven or whatever the case may be. But it just doesn't work out like that. I'm steadily looking at this game. I mean, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. I, I was disappointed in the offense. It took them a long time just to run the ball. And then on top of that, you, I, I mean, like you were talking about with Libby with uh, uh, Daniel, uh, uh, Dylan Gabriel knows the offense. But I think they're working whoever I mean, it's because game. The game has been inconsistent. Overpassing the receivers. And for that, I'm looking. They showed a nice little shot of uh, Ted Roof right there in the booth. He just looked so bewildered. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I was just thoroughly disappointed. I mean, I never would have expected for, for a TCU to score 55 points on Oklahoma. 
Not in my time, and I'm 53 years yep. old. Never would have thought that. Never. Never would have thought that, you know? Same. No, I'm I'm with you, man. Uh, it's it's just a massive setback. I, I and I think all of our thoughts was this is a get right game. This this is the get right game today. Don't hey, just win the next two. Get out of the Texas game. You'll figure it out. And now you may be. I mean, you're not mathematically eliminated from the Big Twelve title race, but we we kind of know where they're at right now. This is the exact opposite for the second consecutive week, Chris as to what you thought that you were going to see. And, again, it's just another massive disappointment that you've, that you've felt. It, it sucks, man. It does. Tyler, Tyler. You, you, you know it, and I know it. They're done. You can stick a fork in them. They're yeah. done. Now, you know, my wife and I were going to go down there to the Texas Longhorn game. So I go down there and talk to the Longhorn friends. I mean, I, mean, I don't even feel good about going down there now. I mean, it's just. I, I just don't feel optimistic, and, and I agree with with uh, with your guy Travis uh, stating that you know Brentville needs to get his own players in there, and I understand that, and I can respect that. But at the same time, I mean, I mean, games, man. I mean, hey, we got to win some games. It just doesn't look too good right now. Sure, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I just, I'm I'm a Sooner fan, diehard. It is what it is. All right, man. Chris, uh, good to talk to you, and maybe we'll see you in Dallas next week. All right, man. Y'all take it easy. There you go. One final segment of our post-game coverage coming up next right here on The Ref. Keep it locked in. One final time if you want to hop in, 405-329-9000. Final segment coming up next on The Ref. All right, final segment as we close it up. Home Creations, Sooner Game Day wrap-up show live on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson with you. Uh, let's go to Greg and Lawton as we close it down. Greg, uh, what were your big thoughts today from the game? What's going on, man? Hey, man, how you guys doing today? So, uh, uh, you know, a bit better, Greg, but, you know. I understand. i got a couple points, one offensive, one defensive. You know, Venable's scheme has always been complicated, you know, and I think that's probably part of our problem. Yeah. Um, I I could see that. I, it's it's going to take some time, but they got to get out of that three man front. Um, and they they've got to get some down linemen who can a- a- attack the quarterback. Man, they just they, I mean they need better players right now. I, I don't I don't think they need drastically better players to play just decent defense. I think that they can shore up some things at least hopefully to play better defense. But I, I think you're onto that onto something there. Yeah, no no pressure. Yeah, it's terrible. Just it's frustrating. And secondly, you know. Uh, Bevel can't complete a pass. We're we're in the third quarter. I realize we're down 38 points, but I feel like the coaches give up on us, and we just started running the ball. You know why? Why not put Booty in there and see what he can do? You know, uh, Bevel's obviously over his head at the moment. I mean, he he got a little better as we went on. You know, probably not winning that game, but I just felt like they started handing the ball off and quit on us, and it it you know it aggravated me. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Travis? Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a certain aspect of uh, trying to get out alive, and I know it's you know it's it's hard because obviously you see the Damon Harmon situation, and I think it was more so like, look, we are getting our doors blown off, we are having players drop like flies, uh, you know, injuries just here, there, everywhere. I think part of it was, look, let's pack this thing in. 
and and get out of here with whatever health we have left. I think that might have been part of it. I am a you know, uh, you know everybody can get up here and be couch coach or in my situation, uh, uh, reservoir coach. Um, but yeah, I, I'd have been a fan of, of getting some looks uh, to some different folks in there. Um, would have been would have been real nice. Um, but you know you're going to see how they regroup. Hopefully we go back to that four man front. Uh, like we saw in the first three games, and we just get back to the basics. I think that's what you're going to have to do because the Texas offense has, has you know, explosive players, uh, the ability to make those explosive plays. Um, and if they have Quinn Ewers coming back, he's probably licking his chops. He probably watched that today, and uh, he thought, yep, I feel fine. Uh, I feel fine. I'm ready yeah. to go. Yep. And our tackling was atrocious. I mean, we, we got to get better tackling. It's I don't, you know, I don't know why we all think- of a sudden we can't wrap up. I think part of it, honestly, on the tackling, what I saw a lot of it was not dudes squared up in the right position, taking the right angles. So a lot of a, a lot of the tackles that we didn't complete were arm tackles that we were out of position on, or something like that. That they 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 weren't in good position. And I think a lot of times, yeah, it was bad tackling for sure. But I think a lot of the bad tackling is because they were already at a disadvantage. You know. Position-wise, to make a good clean tackle, and, and again, comes back to what what I just said, right? Simplifying, getting back to the basics, just not trying to get get everybody onto this three, you know, this three-man front, this, that, and the other. I do think Tyler, we talk about this, uh, you know, a lot, right? And we've and people have said it on the calls, right? Why is TCU as less talent doing this to us? Why is Kansas State, who has less talent, doing this to us? Because they are. 100% confident with who they are. They don't have any identity issues. They're not trying to, you know, put in new schemes. They're not trying to – they coach to their roster to a T. You got a guy that, uh, you know, can can run the ball and, uh, and and throw a fade up to a 6'5 guy, guess what? That's what we're going to do. We got positional advantages with the height. Yeah. We are going to throw up to the tall guys. Like, some of that kind of stuff, they just play to their personnel. And, and I'm not – I mean, I think it's pretty clear by now that we're just not playing to our personnel. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is they have an identity, and I just don't know what OU's identity is on either side of the ball right now. I, they're, they're trying to do some things defensively that they're not right now, and TCU has an identity. K-State has an identity, and regardless of what the situation in the game is, that's what they're going to be, and OU just they just don't have that right now, Greg, and uh, I, I'm like you and everyone else. I just... <laughs> I, I, I'm searching for answers moving forward. I'm sure Brent Venables is searching for air, uh, answers moving forward. He was asked like how close they are today, and he said not I very. I mean, he he was pretty yeah. honest about how far away they are. Right. Well, we got good coaches. That's the main thing. I mean, you know, unfortunately Rome wasn't built in a day. We just thought we had more temples than we actually apparently have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's true. Hi right, guys, thanks for the call. All right, hey, I'll good talking to you. Thanks. There you go. There's Greg from Lawton. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Travis? I mean, I, I know that we pretty much said it all over the course of the past two hours, but um, that's as um, frustrated. I, frustrating, It's it was more of just you just feel beaten down more after that game than you have in a while, I feel like. Yeah, I was on the sideline next to Parker, and, and we at some point you just had to laugh almost. I mean, and it's not – and it's not because it's it was a good time or it was anything like that. It was just like how hopefully this is bad enough to cause like to cause them to say okay like 
we need to change. Like we need to change things. I think Kansas State was oh a couple, you know, a, a few less penalties, maybe a couple made throws, and and we're in good shape. This was such a drubbing that I think it's just it's it's past. It's past conversations uh, to stick with that three-man front. I do want to add one more thing. Levy did say uh, about the quarterback sure. situation, if Dylan can't go. Uh, I think if that's what ends up happening, then Davis will be a guy that will be ready to go. That's the expectation. We'll put him in a good position, and he'll play his butt off. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll believe well, it when I see it, Tyler. Yeah, well, this team full strength. You don't have a lot of confidence right now. Um, this team with the backup quarterback – Going to play uh, Texas next week. Woo boy! Uh, next week is going to be a uh, it's going to be a ride in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, it's again, this team's just got a long, long way to go. And Brent Venables just basically said that this afternoon. All right, that'll do it for us. Appreciate uh, the Reservoir in Fort Worth for having uh, Travis out. Appreciate Bandy's Barbecue. Wasn't the most fun post game show that we've done, but. It wasn't the most football game that we uh, most enjoyable football game we've watched either. Now, uh, now was it? We'll see if this team can get it back together. But this is going to be a it's going to be a process again. Today was the realization that this is not the team that we thought it was going to be this year, and they got a long, long way to go. And let's hope they at least figure it out uh, playing Texas next week in the Cotton Bowl. Texas got two losses themselves, maybe three by the end of the night. They're not perfect, but. Going to have to play well in the Cotton Bowl to beat those guys. Ain't no doubt about it. For Travis Davidson and Connor Pasby, I'm Tyler McComas. Thank you for listening to our post-game coverage of OU and TCU. We'll talk to you on Monday right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.